What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce space. What does that mean for you? Well, if you're watching this for the first time, that means you're going to get something applicable to your business at the by the end of the show. We're going to be talking about anything from sourcing logistics to marketing and advertising all the way to, um, we've, we've talked with localization, international expansion, you name it, we cover it here on the podcast. But this is a live and interactive show, so if you see my face popping up on social media and you want to engage with us, that is a good time to go ahead and ask your questions about that topic. Again, go into the comment section below if you're watching on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, any of those locations. You can actually submit your questions through and let our guest you know, talk to us. Or if this is after the fact and you don't catch us live, no worries. We'll tag our guest and make sure that they answer their questions that you might have and always point to uh, you to their website, to how you can get in touch with them, so on and so forth. But before we get started on today's 211th episode, every episode uh, from here, from the beginning since to now uh, is presented by Ping Pong Payments. Who's Ping Pong Payments? They are a cross-border payment solution, helping people save time, money, and effort. What does that look like? Well, if you're paying out suppliers, manufacturers, VAs, if you have an employee that's working internationally in Canada and you're in the United States and you want to pay them out, in their local currency, don't pay fees through banks. Go ahead and sign up for free with ping pong payments. It's free to do. It's easy. You save money and put that back in your pocket to apply it to your business and grow in other places. You can do that by signing up at usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast. And you can listen to all of our past episodes, but also sign up for free today. Um, like I said, it's a 200 left episode. We cover such the gauntlet of topics here in crossover commerce and today is no exception uh one of my favorite newer social media apps of i've had to very much uh <laughs> distance myself because it's a suck in in terms of visibility consumership anything like that is tiktok and it's kind of one of those black box options of how do people figure it out how do people either become influencers we've 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 covered a lot of different topics but one of the more fascinating ways is to how do brands take advantage of a platform that isn't quintessentially a fire hose. It's coming at you. There's nowhere to go, but through that fire hose, if you will, of constant streams up and down. You know what I'm talking about if you're listening or watching this, visualizing just going up and down. Unlike Facebook, unlike Instagram, you don't have many places you can go or hide if you're a brand. It's all right in front of you, so you can make a big impact when you can figure out TikTok. But how do you do that? What are those ways? So that's why we had actually called today's episode How to Scale TikTok Ads, ads and Regain Lost Traffic. Lost traffic you might be getting from TikTok. Who knew? But we're going to be talking about that today. Um, so our guest today, just like every other episode, is an expert in the space, someone who is finding these ways to educate our audience. And our guest today is Will Perry, the CEO and CMO of Reason Agency, who's an Amazon e-commerce growth consultancy. Uh, he he actually dedicated to accelerating growth for e-commerce business for through 13 years of experience in reasons unique and unequalified. I'm going to speak today, I promise everyone, uh, optimization strategies. Please help me welcome and I'll let him speak for himself because I can't uh, do it too much justice without him speaking for himself. Will Perry of Reason Agency. Will, thank you so much for coming on Crossover Commerce Day. Pleasure, man. Great to be here with you. I feel like we need one of those, like uh, the applause buttons. I know, I'm working like, on it. The intro applause, you know? <laughs> I'm going to have one of those dashboard. Yeah, I don't have any of these right now, but supposedly through StreamYard, uh, fun fact, you can do sound overlay. So it's going to be coming soon, hopefully. I do there have a, go. oh, here we go here. This might be more applicable to it. Um, there's a thumbs up emoji for everyone. So there we go. We'll we parry we'll thumbs up emojis for, for the listener out there. Will, thank you so much. Joining us from, I said sunny Florida, typically sunny Florida, but the beautiful, the happiest place on earth, Orlando, Florida. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, right here downtown. 
you know, probably 20 minutes from the theme parks, as everybody knows us for, of course. And uh, right. today is one of very few non-sunny days here in Florida. You can see a little bit out the corner of my window how gray it is. And it's it's, uh, it's our winter me. time. <laughs> it's our winter time here now. Yeah, I was going to say, we were joking before this uh, listener and everyone in the audience of, we were joking of it. It got negative degrees here. Um, it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't go that way. Um, I feel like zero should be the lowest you can go. Never feel negative, but we got to negative today here in Indianapolis, Indiana. So I don't. Uh, I don't. I would take what you have any day of the week. <laughs> but hey, uh, so so for you're in Orlando, Will. We talked a little bit about your background uh, pre-show. Tell me about where we are today. Like, how did you? Like, what brought you on this journey to starting an agency and kind of doing Man. paid ads, if you will. I actually kind of like this story a little bit because um, ironically, I grew I up- I hope so, it's in, yours. <laughs> I hope so, it's yours. Yeah, yes. that's true. Is um, uh, So I grew up in South Jersey. And so as anybody who grew up in the Philadelphia, New York, South Jersey area, we always kind of have like this little chip on our shoulder to some degree, right? Like like we always have feel like we have something to prove. Um, and uh, so like- Going back, this is like 14 years ago at this point, how I even got started in marketing. You know, my then boss at the time literally handed me a Canon camera and I was in the golf business. She handed me this camera, takes me to the back of the driving range. So for anybody who, you know, is a golfer, somewhat of a sports fan, um, I was then at that time the marketing manager of a, a really elite junior golf academy. So she gives me this camera, sends me to the back of the driving range to take photos. I'd never taken photos in my life um, and basically said, good luck. And um, that entire journey, like just basically showed me that I had to take like responsibility and ownership for my career and my path and, and what I wanted uh, in my life. And then at, later as an entrepreneur, because no one was going to give it to me. Right. It was like, go figure it out. Good luck, kid. Right. And, um, you know, taught myself SEO and PPC and lead gen. And uh, we were running TV ads on Golf Channel. And I was doing international business with guys in China, taking calls at 12 o'clock at night, you know, recruiting and selling and, and all the things. And, you know, I, I eventually got to this point where, like, you know, I was doing these like six figure deals, um, basically trying to get families to send their children, literally send their children from halfway around the world to come to our golf academy. And I realized I'm like, man, I'm starting to get pretty good at this sales thing. And, um, you know, I, I had always had this desire to be an entrepreneur and, and, you know, have my own business and, and lead a team. And, um, and at the same time, you know, sparing all of the scars that a lot of us probably have as in our careers and whatnot is, uh, I just wasn't really happy. I felt really stuck there, um, which was the last role that I was in. And, and I was ready to just sort of like spread my wings. And, um, you know, that's what started me into the agency world. And, you know, we've worked with six, seven and eight figure brands, um, you know, and, and here we are, we've dealt just like uh, many others that have probably listened to this show, you know, with the iOS issues from last year and things like that. And that's a lot of the big reason why we're here today to talk about TikTok and some of the things that we've been testing over the last probably 12 to 18 months that hopefully will help some of your listeners. So hopefully that's a good intro. Hopefully I didn't steal, intro. The, steal the mic too much there. No, you're good. No, uh, everyone knows that the less I talk, the better. No, which is, <laughs> I'm, I'm just the host. I'm here to learn from other people. And, and that's the beauty of this podcast. Well, a couple of things, Will, that, that stand out to me. One, you had to learn on the go. And it wasn't just like, oh, you miraculously, like you're just uh, given, you're just knew what to do. Like that, that's yeah. never the case. It's always it's always the grunt work that you have to do. Um, I'm sure, I'm hoping the tagline was never uh, send us your children for for that golf academy of that, <laughs> that might get down taken down really quickly, but I digress. Yeah. But yeah, finding out marketing and finding ways, you you nailed you nailed it on the head of people trying to circumvent technology, which is really funny to think about circumvent technology in order to utilize other technology for your benefit. Um, you talked about, I think it's like 13.5 or what's a 14.5 update on iOS. I forget the number. Yeah. So yeah. iOS 14.5, I want to say that the, the last like big update was really like around the end of May. 
-hmm. And that's when the proverbial, you know, expletive word hit the fan, right? Like we were fortunately, you know, like if you've been running ads in the space for a while, or, you know, if you have an e-com brand, you're probably doing like seven, eight figures, like this isn't, or more nine figures, even like this isn't news to you. Like you'd probably had already been starting to prep in like early 2020, which is when Facebook rolled out the conversion API, but nobody really knew what that meant, right? Like Facebook conversion API, like cool. And um, at that time, you know, we had already started testing some other attribution softwares like Heroes and Wicked Reports and things like that to try to see what was going to happen when this data loss started happening. Um, Started, you know, testing Snapchat ads, more into TikTok ads, um, more into YouTube and things like that. As you can imagine, the majority of e-com is really built on the back of Facebook and secondarily Google and vice versa, depending on, you know, of course, your how big your product, you know, skew or, or I should say your product catalog is and things like that. And, you know, coming into, you know, 2020, it was really about like, you know, what's going to happen with Facebook? Like, we should really start preparing for this. And we're getting so many requests for TikTok right now because of, you know, so many brands saw declines in sales, you know, and especially quarter three last year before quarter four, it's hard to really like truly project because you've got obviously the quarter four wave that all e-com brands experience. And so sales were still going to be there, but that quarter three dip was a pretty massive dip for a lot of brands. Fortunately, you know, for an agency like ourselves, we didn't actually lose any clients through that time period. Um, you know, we, you know, fortunately we had been preparing for a long time, but, you know, countless stories of, and we're still hearing it where brands are trying to regain lost traffic. They're trying to regain decline in sales, you know, in their direct to, to consumer channels. You know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners also run, you know, Amazon and things like that as well. That D to C channel, so many brands were seeing, you know, declines in sales or, or ROI because of trying to figure out tracking and Facebook ads and things like this. And it really was just the perfect storm for TikTok to just come in as the superhero, right? And be like, hey guys, like come check us out. Here's free ad credits. Like, you know, it's so easy to run ads and all the things. And, um, you know, it was really good for someone like myself, selfishly, who, I mean, I've made companies millions and millions of dollars with Facebook ads and spent millions of dollars with Facebook ads. But it's like, you know, you had an episode, I think it was earlier this month about sales channel diversification. Yep. And I think right now, even though like, I'm sure you guys have heard this message before, like this isn't the first time in the last 12 months, channel diversification right now is more important than ever. Um, Facebook ad costs are going up in a variety of industries and CPMs costs per, per thousand, you know, through TikTok are insanely low. Like, I'm talking one fifth to one tenth the price than what Facebook is running. And it's really like, it's really like the gold rush time period of getting into TikTok right now, where it's not overly saturated with competition or advertisers, which is why I've been pushing so many people to test the channel because like you got to get it when the going's good. And this is one of those times. Right. Well, and by the way, there's billions of, it's the number one social media app in terms of, Visibility, usership, yep. I mean, uh, it, it's setting all sorts of records. Um, and for, for those out there, if someone is under a rock and they don't know TikTok, obviously what what's the length of a video? It's what, 30 seconds maximum? Is that, yeah, is that I mean, typical? It's yeah. it's very short-lived, short, short bullet points, again, yep. trendy um, in, in the terms of the, I would say, Gen, Gen Z, very much yeah. so. Yeah, I was going to say... Um, for 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 those 30 and under i would say very much trending in that direction not because of just lack of focus but because of that's what content is now it's just all video based it's a lot of it yep. is trying to uh, one up people because there's this wave of usership a lot of people are kind of jumping on and they're becoming creating their own content a lot of organic traffic and i mentioned this in the beginning and how important is this to will of there's only one source of content that it shoots at you. And then so fire hose, don't get me wrong, but it's one source. Unlike in Instagram, you have stories, you have posts, you have um, search bar, you have all this other crap. Mm -hmm. I say crap. 
other places where you yeah. can pop up and find other yeah. Con- yeah exactly where, where do i go where, mm-hmm. where do i create content is it on my story is it on post what is it um how do i do that and then same with facebook it's in groups it's in um ads galore it it, it really is a lot of different places to diversify but it's only one source is that the main bullet point that you're taking that you're saying look yeah it's going to pop up it's cheap but it's also people can't not find you if it gets served to them they have to yeah. see yeah yeah that's the thing right is that like one the competition's so low so like if you're a apparel brand or you're a you know even a supplement brand which is some of the most competitive you know d2c product whether you're amazon or selling through your website some of the most competitive space to be in there's such a lack of other brands running traffic there because they haven't figured it out so to your point to pick up you know what you were throwing down there was like the feed and TikTok is such a focused sort of environment right and i i think that's what you were getting at is there's not like there's not like the uh right hand column there's not like you know uh different you know a bunch of other features and things that sort of could pull your attention and as an advertiser you know as a brand you know a d2c brand you know you if you can create really engaging content on the platform because you're right people are just swiping right swipe 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 and all they see are those videos in their feed on TikTok. and what we, we really coach brands up on is and creators is how important the first three to five seconds is the hook right like especially because the nature of the platform is to literally just blow through videos next one next one next one you've got to capture the attention on TikTok even faster than what you're doing even on instagram or facebook and you know i i see a lot of brands that are struggling to actually adapt to the platform like they have these ways of like that they want to continue to run their face gad content on TikTok, and it just doesn't work that way like you want if anything you actually want to make TikToks or TikTok ads and run them on your facebook and instagram and the reason why is they're so much more highly engaging we're talking fast cuts with the actual videos you know three to five second frames where you're like you said you're creating 20 to 30 second videos you know, you're using trending music uh, in order to capture attention. Um, there's ways of finding that, you know, in the actual app and and through the desktop app as well. If, you know, if you're working from, you know, the office or what have you. Um, and like really prioritizing that hook, right? Prioritizing the text overlay capability, you know, simple just sort of text overlays on the videos um, in order to capture attention. And and running tons of variations. Another thing with TikTok is it it demands so much more creative and ad creative. And, and even with you know Facebook and Instagram, the last you know probably twelve to twenty four months, brands have probably were already starting to see this need for producing so much more creative, so much more creative. You know, sometimes dozens, if not hundreds, of creatives per month for paid social, especially if you're running anything more than like a six figure budget, you know, per month. And, you know, TikTok is demanding even more than that. So a lot of what we share with people is, you know, simple ways to scale their creative output through variations of what we call the winning ad formula. And so like, let's say that you have a winning ad, right? So you've got this unboxing video where somebody receives, you know, the food delivery, the fresh food, you know, delivery at the house. And that, that video just absolutely crushes it. And this would remain to be true for Facebook and Instagram too, if you're running um, on those platforms. And so what you want to do is stick to that winning ad formula. And you could very simply turn that one ad into eight or 16 different ads by doing these two things. Number one, adjust the first three to five seconds of the video and prioritize the hook. So instead, you know, some the the initial hook might be something like, oh my God, my fresh food delivery finally got here. I can't wait to try it. Hook number one. Hook number two is, um, wow, I'm drawing a blank. I do this all the time, right? Uh, hook number two might be something more like, have you ever tried uh, freshly, you know, uh, home, you know, delivered meals, right? I don't work with freshly, by the way. Um 
you know, so prioritizing those two different hooks in the first three to five seconds, and then you might have, you know, three, four or five different text overlay, you know, overlays like headlines, true direct response headlines that you've tested and things like that, that you can also use with that winning ad. And now you've got anywhere from six, you know, to eight combinations of that winning ad that you can now go and test Facebook or TikTok. And um, so just some simple ways to really scale up your creative output and, and really stay true to what's working. Um, we always find that when you introduce way too many variables, that's when your performance goes awry. And so, you know, a philosophy that we use is what we call ad variable isolation. Um, you know, if you remember us from when we were back in elementary school and middle school, you'd have a control in the experiment, you'd have a variable in the experiment. But the problem with the way that 99% of people run ads is they pick random copy, random headlines, random creatives. Sometimes they change the offer. Sometimes they change the product. Then they change the audience. And then they struggle to figure out sort of like what's working or even worse, like what's not working. And it's so important, especially on TikTok, because it's so driven by the creative to really isolate the variables of what you are testing and to be in 100% control of what you're putting into it so that you can scale the platform. Because I want to see brands, you know, spending six figures, seven figures to regain some of the declines that they saw from having to pull away from Facebook, you know, in the last six months. So just sure. a little bit of a rant there. What definitely went on a rant. That's okay. We, we, uh, we sympathize on with rants on, on this podcast. So uh, a couple of things that are, are standing out, Will, that kind of want to go back to you. Yeah. First off, why, why is TikTok immune to this up update? That's so important. Why Facebook is struggling. Why a lot of marketers are struggling. Why is TikTok immune to this? First off. So it, they're not necessarily immune per se. Like it's really the, the conversion API component of being able to track, right? And so, you know, a lot of brands have had to figure that part out with how to track. And in reality, which we could do a whole episode just on attribution and tracking, sure. I'm sure, right? But is that like, you know, somebody like Heroes, which um, I'm a huge advocate of if you're spending, you know, pretty serious dollars in paid traffic, um, it's really forced a lot of brands to really think in a binary way, if I'm using the context right, like where the actual conversion came from. And the problem is like pre-iOS was that you'd have, for example, like Google and Facebook reporting the same conversion or Google Snapchat and Facebook reporting the same conversion. Mm -hmm. But when you go, my my Google, my Google guys will, will know about this because Google Analytics has always been sort of last click attribution, right? Based typically on UTM. But the problem is, is that Facebook has included so much view through attribution with the ad platform over the years. If, if you've been a media buyer or the founder trying to, or a CMO or a marketing director or whatever, trying to diagnose, like, why does my Facebook data never match up with like what the bank account says or what Shopify says? It's because the ad platforms have always over-reported. And so to get myself back on track here real quick is that people have trusted the ad platform data so much that they've almost treated it as like this holy grail, whereas it's kind of forced us to find as advertisers, as marketers, digital marketers, et cetera, it's forced us to find like this new source of truth. And the new source of truth is really like a last click attribution model. And I, I'm, I'm sort of working to tie it back here together with TikTok is that it's being able to both look at assisted conversions and last click conversions and first touch conversions. And the, the moral of the whole story is basically that like Facebook's never been as good as what you thought it was. Right. And like, so it's not necessarily that TikTok is, um, uh, what's the word, um, I mean, not susceptible to, right. you know, or anything like that. It's the fact that Facebook has always overreported. They've taken, they've reported to you for years, email conversions and SMS conversions and view through conversions and Google conversions. You know, remember that this attribution window used to be a 28 day window that has now been shrunk down 
to seven days. And, yeah. you know, so like brands literally lost 75% of the data. It didn't, doesn't actually mean that they were losing sales. They just didn't know what to do. They didn't right. know how to optimize their campaigns. And so what we were seeing is like people would just pull back big time. Cause they were like, uh, uh, I don't know how to optimize now. Like data is not in my ad account. I don't know what to trust. And so it's not as much of a TikTok thing, even though you asked it from a TikTok perspective, it's really more of like a, how are we going to look at conversions and attribution as a brand? It was shit. It shook the model that it was tried it and true. And everyone. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just want to make that clear for, for a listener out there of what, what's actually missing in this piece. And it's probably the center of the pie of, it doesn't right. look right. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right, but Hey, the outsides and the other parts that are left, still tastes just as good and and it's yeah, doing exactly. the thing well and again that this is also very difficult i'm assuming because because of the pullback the initial jerk reaction there's yeah. a lot of like there's a lot of catching up amazon or i won't say amazon facebook wants to do so they're hiking yeah. pricing or um there, there's a lot of outside variables that are not being friendly to it one in the fact sure. is on the show we talked about Amazon does not play nicely with Facebook ads as much anymore because of yep. attribution of where the traffic is coming from. Now it's being tried and true of, hey, if I can send traffic from Pinterest, if I can still send it from Google ads, or if I can send it from off Amazon sites like DTC sites to purchase on Amazon, still very good. Not as rewarded as much anymore um, through the likes of Facebook or Instagram. So it's it's unique. And TikTok is, is another one that's sliding in there clearly um as well so tell me will what is so if i'm listening to this i'm like will's telling me i need to be on tiktok what are the reasons to be on tiktok besides what we've already covered like what are because of the growth because of all these things because of the cost what's the major selling point that gets people to say yep i'm in yeah totally a few different things you know number one um you know cpm so you touched on it briefly there overall is like I mean, we're seeing you, most brands, it's going to depend industry by industry, but I would say, you know, we're running ads on Facebook where we still see CPMs of 30, 40, $50 for brands. There are some brands where we're seeing, you know, 10, $15 CPMs, but I'm seeing like $5, three and $5 CPMs on TikTok. So we're talking like way less expensive to even reach your audience. And um, so that's sort of number one. Number two the lack of competition, like, so if you're an apparel brand, if you are, you know, a health and wellness brand, if you sell subscriptions, especially the subscription space, like you guys have such an advantage with, with LTV and being able to outspend anybody that has a hundred dollar AOV or lower, nonetheless, there's so little competition to be able to reach the audience that you want to reach. So that's the second thing. Number three, the engagement is so freaking high, right? Like people are spending so much time on TikTok and they're consuming a ton of content. So if you can really create like super native looking videos, again, 20 to 30 second videos that do not look like ads. I'm talking, do not turn the creative over to your designer to have them design you a 20 to 30 second GIF. No, I'm talking like give the phone to your 13 year old daughter and have her do a review of the product because she's going to know how to cut the video. She's going to know how to make it super fun, super engaging. Use that little robot voice thing that we've probably all heard like a hundred times now at this point. You know, you you want to be able to, and I would say Facebook and Facebook advertisers are still struggling about with this to this day. Like we've been pushing the the methodology of going native for like years now. And they still, so many brands still want to push the, the brand, right? They still want to push like the brand aesthetic. And I totally get that. As someone who has a background in brand marketing prior to direct response, like I get the need to be on brand, but with paid social, it's more important to look like a post within the channel than it is to be on brand. And that's a tough pill to swallow for most brands. So that third one is super native content, low competition. Um, and then honestly, like if you're looking to regain lost traffic and you've pulled back your, your Facebook spend last year, another, here's a, here's a channel that you can easily 
start to scale and spend on that you can drive sales with. And then lastly, like, you know, this is a little bit more theoretical, but, but I teach a lot of media buyers and CMOs and stuff, what I call the add ROI formula. And the add ROI formula is basically, and I'm about to get kind of nerdy and techie, so I don't I hope I don't lose some of you guys. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so the add ROI formula, like most brands really struggle to project what the profitability or like proper expectations of advertising can be. You know, I'm sure you've heard it being in the space for a long time where people are like, oh, I need a 5X return on ad spend and like, but yet I'm selling a $20 product and advertising is expensive and that's just never going to happen. Guys, Whereas, math is like, important. Let's uh, stick with math. Math is important here. I don't, this, I don't know if, I, if you've ever told anybody on the show that there would be no math, but there's going to be a little math here real always. quick. We always slip always. in math here. We're trying to educate you. Gotta slip here. in some math. Um, so you've got four key metrics that forecast ROI from ads, right? So if you're like, I need a 5X return on ad spend, here are the four things that, that you want to calculate. Number one, the CPM of your ad platform, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Number two, the CPC of how much actual traffic is costing you to drive from the channel to your website. Um, number three, the conversion rate of your sales page, your funnel, your offer, your website, whatever that is. And number four, your average order value, right? So like if you are, I mean, this is just straight up what we're seeing happening. Anything less than a hundred dollar AOV right now running through Facebook, pretty freaking hard to get that to be profitable. Like unless you're the first best and newest in your space, like probably not going to happen. Um, so, so with that, and the reason for bringing up the outer OI is you're going to have a greater opportunity to have a significantly higher return on TikTok than you are on Facebook right now, because when most brands sort of like they switch agencies or they switch contractors or they're upset that their ads or their marketing isn't working, it's usually because they don't know how to diagnose the actual problem. And it's a lot of times it's typically not even an ads problem. It's like a, I have a competition problem. Like there's too many people trying to target what I'm targeting CPM or their funnel or offer is not converting well enough, or their average order value isn't high enough to make the advertising cost. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, attractive to them yeah. of what they're looking for within the business. Right. So they're like, oh, this is an ads problem. And it's like, yeah, it's not really an ads problem. It's kind of an, always been an expectations problem or like we didn't forecast, you know, from, from the onset. And so the ROI potential on TikTok, just to draw that full circle, is just significantly higher because when you factor in the four data points that go into forecasting what your ROI can even be, it just sets up much better for you as a brand. Like I'm talking Facebook, 2015, 2016, like when the going was really good, like when you could get after it, you know? Um, but now with so many advertisers on F Facebook and, and Instagram, like it's become a saturated space and it's still working. Like Facebook ads crush it for anything high ticket or anything. Yeah. You know. and, and that's the thing too, is going back to math. And again, this is not a math, math show, but in business, we, yeah. We've had to like kind of shake people and say, listen, if your business model doesn't make sense, if your spend is too high, your cost of goods is too high. Yep. And then ultimately, like, you you know, the supply chain, again, in Amazon or anything like that, the costs are kind of forecasted for you. You know, on average, you're going to be spending roughly, I'm going to say 10 to 20%, probably in ads in terms of like what your overall investment is, you know, your cost of goods, all those, all those numbers kind of lead you to a path of, what you can achieve and what you should achieve and what you should price at yeah. um, competition as well. That being said, you also need to understand that if you can't do that, find those different ways, which is why this is such a really unique channel to take advantage of right now. And I know you preach all the time. Well, of why, why aren't people, why aren't more people running or sprinting to this operation than like, why aren't, why are you talking to me today instead of like fielding calls of people saying, I need to be yeah. on TikTok, let's go. Oh, we're doing that too. <laughs> that too. You yeah. just have other people to do that for you. Right? Doing it, I yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, um, so yeah, what is there? Is there a gap of why, is there a gap of leading the trend and people are just like, oh, it's a trend, it's 
it'll go away and but this is kind of like um, a lasting pretty important thing to take advantage of and capture no i really i really do mean that and and it's uh you know there's really kind of maybe two themes there with that and some things that I've just been seeing as being a fellow marketer, you know, like you in the space. And then just, you know, what I hear from, you know, those that we talk to on the phone or peers or, you know, my, you know, colleagues and things like that is like, um, you know, number one, um, you know, I think a lot of people are still trying to get over like last year <laughs> to a degree, you know, they're sort of stuck in like, oh, Facebook really screwed me, right? Or like my business was really hit hard by Facebook ads. Like, I mean, how many brands do you know where their number one source of almost everything was was Facebook ads? Like right. there's a lot of brands out there that were predominantly reliant on Facebook. And when this data thing happened, number one, just like any other black swan event, it, it clears the... Uh, the bottom 20%, right? Like survival of the fittest. So, you know, if, if you haven't been diversifying already, like you're in process of being weeded out because of not being able to keep up, you know, with the evolving times of digital marketing or number two, you haven't sort of evolved your offer or your price points or introduced maybe higher ticket offers into your marketing mix in order to, you know, have higher profitability. And, you know, if you've relied on selling a $50 product through Facebook, you better have some pretty deep pockets, right? In order to cash flow that and keep it profitable. Um, yeah. So I think there's that sting of last year. There's like, you know, brands who are hesitant to spend because like they, their profitability maybe towards the end of last year was just really bad. Um, you know, and, and we saw some of that, like there was this, there was this pretty well-known brand that, that we worked with that, that had some pretty massive declines in sales because they were so reliant on Facebook ads. I mean, we're talking like spending a couple hundred thousand dollars a month and the ROI just wasn't there, you know, after iOS, right? Like that was a real thing. Like a lot of brands saw 20 to 30% decline in their return on ad spend, you know, at any points over the last six months. So there's sort of that factor. And then I think, the second factor is, well, it's kind of maybe twofold. One, not being sure how to develop the ad creative for TikTok. So that's keeping people like, I don't know how to develop ads or I don't know how to run the ads on TikTok. And um, number two is a lot of brands don't know how to scale their creative output for paid social kind of just in and of itself, right? Is like e-com brings so many non-traditional marketing business type people to the space, right? Because they see, man, I can make a killing online. Um, but they don't, they don't see how much actual ad creative goes into the production process to keep these paid channels sort of going. And with TikTok, because it demands a lot of ad creative, like you need a lot of user generated videos in order to run the channel. Um, you know, a lot of brands are struggling to adapt from their paid Facebook and Instagram ways over the last three, four or five years and adapt to TikTok. And they're either not ready to take on the creative output that is needed in order to launch the channel. They don't know how to develop the creative. They don't know how to run the channel itself, like structure the campaigns, how to test, how to scale it. Um, and so plus the sort of you know, apocalyptic wave that a lot of people experienced from Facebook and iOS. Those are some of the things that we're seeing of just some of the hesitancy. Whereas there are other people who are like, yeah, let's go freaking do this. Like, let's go get in TikTok. I'm still running Facebook. Things are good there. Like TikTok should really be a channel for new growth, especially if you're an established brand. Absolutely. Well, here, here's the conundrum that I think a lot of people encounter too well is, a growth math from back to math again. Gosh, I should just with <laughs> this TikTok math. We should relabel this the math show. Ad, the ad math show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, here here's a question. And I think it's been brought up like uh by honestly by a lot of people in the PPC space and Amazon. And it's it, it brings about the marketer's dilemma, right? Of when you have a spend and at which you know a certain spend, call it a thousand dollars, you get your output, right? How much is how much is that yielding return in revenue mm -hmm. at scale in theory you should know that okay well that is a 
percentage lift, if I put in 10 times that, in theory, I should hopefully get 10 times more. If not, I will hopefully get more than just 10 times of that. The math problem is it's not a growth. It's not a growth factor. It's a, that's the same, but at a different spend level. Does that make sense? Like yeah. you're, you're, the more you put in, it's still the same results, but it's not growth. There's no, like, there's no trajectory with it. At what point do people need to assess or why do you think people assess it in the way of, oh, if I spend more money, I'm going to get more sales. It may not equate that way. It might just be a one-to-one instead of, yeah. uh, I put in $1, I'm going to get kicked back to 50. It might be, I put in a dollar, <laughs> I get back a dollar in sales. So it's yeah. a wash ultimately as an investment as terms of return. Does yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think, I think, um, you know, if you've been in the game for a while, the, the game of digital marketing, of being a CMO, marketing director, et cetera, you know, and if you're at a little bit more of an established brand, you're more often than not going to be making decisions based on LTV versus what I, so it's kind of like this mindset, right? Like mindset of play small versus play big. If I play small, I'm making decisions based on one day ROAS. Right. So I put in a dollar into Facebook or TikTok today. I made a dollar back or two dollars or three dollars. When you play the big boy game or you play like the I'm trying to grow my business through marketing and marketing is a huge piece to my growth. You're you're able to forecast that a customer is worth three hundred dollars for me and I'm willing to pay one hundred and fifty dollars to acquire that customer because I've done the math. Maybe you need to work with a CFO or something to do the math to say, okay, this makes sense for our business. We can afford to pay $150 to acquire that customer. And that's a significant, that's, that's a massive shift that most brands never even come close to even making, especially if you're trying to evolve from like six figure to seven figure or from seven figure to eight figure. I'd say more often than not the eight. And I, I mean, I've consulted a lot of eight figure brands where they still struggle with this too, is like, but if you think of like these huge subscription brands, think of like some ones that we all probably know, Hims, Harry's, um, maybe some some people out there know Lumen Skin, which is a pretty big men's skincare brand. Brands like this, like their their net cash flow is returned on a 90 to 180 day cycle. They're not chasing one day return on ad spend. They're making that decision to acquire that customer based on okay, if I keep this customer for six months and my average order value is 50 bucks, you know, I can get $300 from this customer. I'll pay 50 to a hundred bucks to acquire them because I can three exit. Right. And there's a golden rule. And this is not my golden rule. This is Dan Kennedy, the rest in peace, Dan Kennedy, the legend. He who spends the most to acquire a customer wins. And that rule will always remain to be true. Um, and so like at no point do I ever ask anybody or recommend to anybody to negligently spend, never negligently spend, never, never like force people to spend money. But how are you looking at the business model and like, how are you looking at what ads can do for your business? Right. And so that's the difference between making decisions based on one day ROAS versus LTV. Cause if you're making decisions based on LTV, you're, you're making sort of these these bigger growth thriving type decisions versus like surviving type decisions right we all like to look at the day-to-day -day sales and we get the get the highs and lows it's the vanity yeah. metrics if you will of oh look Absolutely. at this i spent ten dollars and i got three hundred dollars worth of sales that's going to happen to me on a day-to-day -day basis instead of what's the lifetime value of my customer how do i know and like okay let's scale it quickly and people don't think like pull that trigger yeah. soon enough is that is that fair to say well yeah, I think so. Something that I've been like digging into a lot this year is crypto, like cryptocurrency, right? So like if any any listeners are like they love investing into the stock market or into crypto, it's like Warren Buffett has always said like the best safest investment is to put hundreds or thousands of dollars into the S&P 500 every month. And then when you look back five to 10 years from now, you'll realize how much better that did than trying to day trade. Right. And you're not buying the dip by the dip. Right. And, and that's the, I posted that like literally two days ago um, is, you know, like it's the same thing with ads. Like if we're not really thinking about the long term, even three to six months out, like 
we're constantly making these reactive decisions to our ads, similar to how a day trader that's trying to get rich on day trades every day, and you'll drive yourself freaking nuts. Like that's not a long-term mindset, like yeah. a long-term mindset towards like marketing is good for my business is like, I need to go get exposure and I need to acquire customers. Right. And, you know? and never how, whatever that vessel is too. And again, like you said, it's long-term vision, growth, opportunity and and yeah. not just doing the quick dollar and what's easy you have to know yeah. the numbers and you have to get back with that um in the final couple of minutes i have with you will today what what's kind of that 2022 outlook like if i'm if i'm like okay i know tiktok is big i need to capture a piece of the pie i need to either advertise or create content or just build a following what are my first couple things i need to achieve in your eyes starting yeah. as a brand so like, as in, if you wanted to test TikTok as a yeah. potential channel. This is something or, new. I'm like, yeah. I think this is the time we need to try it. It's an yeah. early part of the year. We have some we have some cash we can play around with. What What's that first step I should probably take? As One of the cool things about TikTok is they actually have a creator marketplace. And so you can actually go to the creator marketplace and build a campaign and then essentially invite influencers to your campaign to produce ad creative for you. This is a big piece of what we do for brands is we source the creators, we write the scripts, we you know coordinate getting product to the creators and basically run the creative strategy for the channel. But if you wanna run the creative strategy yourself, you, you would wanna go on TikTok Creator Marketplace and start, you, you're gonna have to basically negotiate deals with influencers like, some might charge a hundred bucks. Others might charge a couple thousand for a video, but you can start to, um, you know, source content from creators directly through TikTok, directly through TikTok creator marketplace, start getting that ad creative going for yourself. I'd really recommend getting anywhere between six, 10, 12 different videos that you can go test with. And then we talked a lot about how to create variations earlier on in the show. And, you know, if you went and just did, you know, split test of hooks and split test of text overlays, those, you know, eight to 10 ads could be a hundred for you very quickly where like you've found a fast way to scale up your creative output. Now you can, you've got plenty of content to go test the channel for 30 or 60 days and use a lot of the same practices that you're using on Facebook, go test a big wide open audience, you know, we like to call it in the industry broad. So male or female, 18 to 65, no targeting, go tar target large interests. So if you are a health, you know, if you have a supplement or a food product or something like that in the health and wellness space, go target the large health and wellness um, target interests. Those are going to present the largest opportunity for scaling your budget after you crack the ad creative. And then go run lookalikes of your buyer list. And you've got three seed audiences that are the best chance for success to get going early on. You've got the volume of creative there to go test the channel. And you've negotiated those individual relationships with the creators in order to source the content. And then I'd start testing the creative, like, and in a very controlled environment, right? So test one variable at a time. Don't test a bunch of different variables at a time. And, you know, it could be a very viable channel for you as you navigate it, just making sure that you're organized in that process. Um, so, yeah, I think that could be some some initial ways to get started. That's all great tips and makes sense to me. Um, if, if something like this is intriguing or if I have more questions, again, as someone is catching this on the back end and they're just like, I need to get more download or I need Will to help me out with more of my math problems. Uh, what are the best ways we can connect them with you, man? Yeah, pleasure. So, you know, if anybody wants to get a TikTok ads blueprint, they can go to ttadsblueprint.com. Um, we'll basically create a custom blueprint for you to navigate best practices and, and how to go about testing and scaling the channel. So that's one way, you know, of course, you can always just hit us up through our website. That's reasonagency.co. Um, primarily where we specialize is helping brands reduce their CAC so they can scale further. So if you're already running ads, you know, that's an optimal way to potentially get in touch with us. So yeah, reasonagency.co and then um, TT ads, 
uh, blueprint.com is the other way to get that uh, free blueprint. So anybody that wants to check that out. Easy enough. And we'll make sure we try to link that out too in the comment section as well. Um, will people get in touch with you? Is that just through the website? What are, is that the best way or following you on LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn's great. Um, I definitely, you know, post a ton of tips and other, you know, things that we're testing or even that I'm testing as a media buyer, you know, on the channel. Um, I still run high spend accounts, you know, even to this day, even as a, you know, a founder and a CEO, like my skills need to be sharp as well as a, as a media buyer. And um, so yeah, Facebook and LinkedIn, um, both are, you know, you can find me on my personal Facebook or, you know, business LinkedIn. Um, for myself and and definitely you know shoot any questions or anything like that you might have there as well i love it well i appreciate you spending a, a dreary uh january day with us <laughs> from orlando florida um but we appreciate you spending some time in my corner of the internet like i said everyone who gets through an episode with me i call them friends of the show now so you really been deemed a friend of the show welcome to come back on anytime that we have some unique interesting insights like today but i appreciate your time effort Pleasure. and uh, we'll make sure people get in touch with you if they have more questions. So thanks so much for hopping on today. Thank you as well. It was great to be with you. Awesome. Thank you again. Will Perry of, uh, you know, there it is reason agency. We, we are, I, I'm clicking all over the place. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I guess it's time to wrap up this episode, but again, Will Perry, thank you so much for hopping on crossover commerce today. It is something that we're, if you just sit back and listen, and I'm taking notes here on the side as well. When you can understand the value of opportunity, but taking advantage of early on of diversification, the ability to make sure that you have those omni-channel presence. Again, it doesn't have to be, I have to do 50 TikTok ads in a single day. You heard it from him. You can break it down individually. You can break it down of certain junctures of, hey, it's the first three seconds. I have the unboxing video. I have the all of those great tips that we were talking about earlier in the episode. We'll make sure that we highlight those in the podcast, or you can just go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast and check out those highlights when we upload the feed. I'm Ryan Kramer. This has been episode 211 of Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys next time on another episode. Take care.